episode two, the lockdown. Back in March in 2020, uh, it was announced that we were going to have uh, a national lockdown. What we didn't realize was what that lockdown would consist of. It meant that non-essential shops, businesses, factories, pubs, cinemas, places of worship were all going to close. And on the 19th of March, the Prime Minister said it could last up to 12 weeks. What we didn't realise was what that lockdown would mean. It meant that to get food, we had to queue to go and buy the food that we needed to put on the table. But also the other essential things. And one of the things that stands to my mind is the fiasco, as I would call it now, which I think we can all laugh about, was the toilet roll. People were buying toilet roll like there was no tomorrow. That that was the pandemic, that you needed to go to the toilet all the time. And we were rationed with the amount of toilet roll we could buy. But we were told also that we had to keep our distance from not just other people, but from our friends, our relatives. We couldn't allow people into our home. We couldn't mix with other people. We couldn't hug them. And initially, I think it all seemed a bit strange and we kind of took it on. But then the numbers of cases that began to occur from March, where we were having people dying in hospitals. And as the 16th, we had... Uh, on average, 52 people dying per day. By the 6th or 7th of April, it was 969 people a day that were dying. I don't know about anybody else, but I think with the news we become kind of immune to the disasters that happen across the world when we hear about wars going on and number of people hundreds of people dying through bombing and what have you but suddenly when it's on your doorstep in your street in your city and you realize that this virus was killing people and the numbers weren't just a couple of dozen or what have you they were hundreds of people the worst news for many was the amount of p 
people in care homes that were dying. Mistakes happen when you don't understand the situation and it's very raw. And yes, someone to blame the government for its failings in looking after the people in nursing homes. But sadly, many of the people that died came from nursing homes. Lots of people that were in hospital with COVID were sent home or sent back, I should say, to nursing homes and infected those places. The effects on the elderly in nursing homes has been a huge thing, a huge burden for the country and families. And my heart still goes out to all those that have lost someone. But the elderly need contact. They need routine, just like some children do. And the fact that families were being stopped from visiting their loved ones in nursing homes was crushing for a lot of people and for those that were living in nursing homes. The mental torture of not being able to see or touch a member of your family, a parent, I don't know how that feels but I can imagine it would be tearing you apart. And it was a case that they had to get on top of that to stop the deaths from happening in the nursing homes. And staff, staff were doing amazing things by staying at the nursing homes, away from their own families, to look after those that were in, in the, the nursing homes. And they did those for months. And it's not something that's talked about very often, but those people should be commended for their valour and determination to look after those people that needed that looking after, more so during that period of time. People that were in hospital with COVID took to social media to show how scared they were. They were scared that they were going to die. Many ended up being sedated and not knowing if they would ever wake up again. They were making the worst calls home to their loved ones to say that they loved them, they cared for them, they missed them, and that they hope that they would get better and would be home soon. Many, sadly, 
did not make that reopening of their eyes and passed away alone apart from the nurses who held their hands while they took their last breath. That is the reality of what COVID did. By the end of July, we thought that we had a breakthrough. We were still told that things were starting to open up, cafes, restaurants. Some things weren't reopened, like theatres, cinemas. But there was some normality. We had the 2-metre rule, then we had the 1.5-metre rule in the one meter rule and we had to wear masks and we couldn't go into a food shop without wearing a mask um i have to say that some businesses did very well at coping with customers and others was really poor um trying to do a food shop by going around following people two metres in front of you meant that your food shop could take you hours because of the amount of time that it took to get round each aisle and then you had to queue to pay. Um, it seems so surreal now, thinking about it. But today, it seems normal. Then we started to open up fully and people were using the summer to go to the beach and they went in their thousands. The two metre rule or 1.5 metre rule went straight out the window. And we were warned that we could be following for a second wave if that happened it could be worse than the first wave but during that time in the, the first lockdown trying to find things to do to fill your time for me I mean I have my photography and um, I had Images that I really looked that I had taken the year before or a couple of months before the lockdown and video and it was editing, coming up with montages, um, trying to start a YouTube channel to help the drone community to um, talk about their hobby, their, their, their work. And not being able to go out because I was having to shield. I, at times, would take my partner to go and do shopping because trying to keep the bills down. 
and I would sit in the car while she went with a mask into the shop and I'd see her within a couple of hours come back. During that time, we had to buy another freezer because we had to stock up on things like milk um, and frozen goods so that we were doing shopping every two weeks. When the lockdown happened, people were scrambling for deliveries of food. And when you went online to try and book um, a food shop, <laughs> you had like eight weeks wait time before you could get a book in. It was ridiculous. Um but the businesses changed. They started to increase the amount of people. They employed people that some that had lost their jobs or were trying to help. Um, and the likes of Tesco's and Morrison's and what have you invested in vans and were hiring vans to get deliveries out to people. Then there was a bit of a sort of coming together. People were helping their neighbours. They were helping their other family members. We did shopping for a number of our family members at the same time as doing our own shopping. Um, it was almost like thinking back to the times when my nan used to talk to me about the war and the rations that they used to have and the things that went on then. And it was a kind of modern version of how they had to cope during the war in rationing, doing food shops, managing their food. Um, but it, it all came together and it started to bring people together. And then we started to have the clap for the NHS once a week. And I, we got involved in that. And it was really, really good to see people out and people that are neighbours that maybe don't even really speak to coming out onto the street with their pots and pans and clapping and playing instruments and what have you. It was to try to boost the NHS staff to say that we're with you, we support you, and we understand. But those staff, those NHS workers, they've been working tirelessly right from the beginning, non-stop through the pandemic and yet I'm sure it's affected their mental health for some I'm sure that it's been very difficult on their family lives and what have you and for some very young to starting as nurses being thrown into the fold of having to care for COVID patients it must have been a real strain. We had other situations because the schools were closed that 
children were having to stay at home and having to be schooled at home and that brought up other problems on how did they get work to the, their, their classes to their children and parents were becoming the teachers um, I think we have to be thankful for the technology that we have today if we didn't have the internet and the fast internet service that we have compared to 30 years ago when you were talking about 56k modems and I'm sure there are people that are wondering what the hell's that you know we're modems now we're talking about gigabytes of streaming we stream our videos we stream our um, films that we watch on television our programs and so forth and companies came up with video conferencing like zoom skype was already there um, facetime was being used more by people with apple products and other initiatives as well and it was a new way of contacting people being involved with people people were online in social media playing music um, talking and new apps like TikTok came around that become very popular and is very popular even today where people share moments and it's all been done through the monitor through the screen and we complain about how much time that our kids spend on computers and what have you we were at a time where we were crying out for donations of laptops tablets so that the children could learn from home this was something new for them and something very new for parents i myself gave away a laptop that i didn't use to one of my grandchildren and an ipad as well um, because I could see that they needed those things. They needed it for their schooling. And we've had to change so much that now we're starting to feel how much we've had to change and how much change is for the long term many people lost their lives back last year but there's more to happen and in the next episode we'll be talking about second lockdown
Thank you for listening.